And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed, bargain hunting is back. I mean, bargain hunting's always been around. We always love a great deal. But man, everywhere you look, people are bargain hunting. You know, there's so many great ways to find great deals. Hey, I have a great find in your bargain hunting journey. Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price that's a real bargain when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at motel6.com. That is a bargain. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. Hello and welcome. He is Gary McNamara. I'm Eric Harley as we move into a Monday. Gary, good morning. How are you? I'm doing good. Good morning, everyone. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Well, we have a speaker. This is my favorite headline. Uh, from Fox, Gates and Boebert say it was not about McCarthy, but about the American people. I mean, they. You know, when I first saw that, I thought, <laughs> "What? Wait, are they taking a swipe at the American people, or <laughs> 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 these stupid American people?" Uh, yeah, uh, that's not how you played it all week. No, that I I sat there and looked. And I go, uh, guys, then. Then uh, two days before you said that you were gaslighting, or you're gaslighting now. Well, one or the one yeah. or the other, right? I mean, Bober came yeah. out and said, "We don't care what type of agreement he gives us. We just don't trust McCarthy." <laughs> Sounds know. like it's McCarthy, yes, and not the <laughs> American people they were concerned about. <laughs> uh, and and by the way, it also sounds like, oh wait, he's speaker now, so we kind of have to get in line and play nice. Uh. Whatever. Yeah. No, well, seriously, it was it was you know it's, it's weird. You know that's you know we we'll we'll talk a couple things uh, about it. You know the funny thing is I, there was an article out there. Was it uh, I forgot who had it? Uh, maybe it was a hill dot com. You know the things that uh, they that they got out of it. You know five bills that will be voted on. And I'm reading these bills and I'm like, well, they should have done that no matter what. If 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 you didn't believe because there is no guarantee, right? You know, right. McCarthy can still do whatever he wants, but mm-hmm. the well, you weren't going to do that anyway, right? You know, did McCarthy say that he wasn't going to do that, right? Or are these are these all these demands that you have for these votes what McCarthy was going to do anyway? Mm. But again, it's not a, it really isn't an issue. I, I know you and I because we followed it last week and ever been well, most Americans didn't follow it. Mm. The only thing Americans really did follow was when it came out that. Uh, you know the uh, the one I can't think of the congressman's name now who uh, who uh, leaned towards Gates. Uh, was it Mike? Uh, was, it Mike was it Rogers? Was it Mike Rogers? I have to, I have to look at it. Yeah. Well, the, and the headline said lunged. It was some of yeah. the headlines. 
lunges toward. I I don't I think he was definitely getting in his face. I don't know if he was trying to make it physical at that point, but yeah, whatever. So. Uh, it's you know. Um, uh, by the way, welcome GOP to power. <laughs> way to go! You waltzed right in without any effort whatsoever. That's a great job. Awesome job that you did there. By the way, I also don't have a problem with Bobert or Gates or anyone else has an issue with McCarthy. It just I look for consistency. And then when they pull back, no, this is this is what not about him. It's about the American people. Well, uh, you need to you need to uh, demonstrate that over and over again about and and stay consistent about why it is you don't want him speaker as speaker and and. You say, well, listen, the party is, this is the way the party is gone, and this is the way it's going to be, and we'll hold his feet to the fire on every issue and every move. That's okay. You can say that. You don't have to be happy about him being speaker. In fact, I don't know anybody who you could categorize as happy when it comes to the him becoming speaker. I didn't see this over-the-top joyous celebration that McCarthy finally got the votes over the weekend. I didn't see that. So it's okay that you say, look, uh, definitely, as everybody knows, not my choice for speaker, but this is where we are now. We're going to work for the American people at every turn, and I'm also going to hold his feet to the fire, and every other member of my party and the opposition party, I'm going to hold their feet to the fire because that's what I do. I represent the people of my district. That's not hard. You know, so I, I so I look at this and I and, you know, you and I, you know, talked about the fact that uh, and Mac- I believe McCarthy said it before, you know, yeah. one of the first because when he when he was speaking over the weekend after this, mm-hmm. he said one of the first things we're going to do is, uh, you know, have a bill to rescind the funding of 87,000 IRS agents. Right. Well, you're going to do that anyway. Right. You were saying you're going to do that anyway. And so I look at all these things here. Uh, here or this is uh, let me see the uh, uh, the seven bills guaranteed to receive a House vote. And this is one of the things that they got out, you know, one of the things that was so important for them to get out of it. A bill uh, to rescind certain balances made available to the IRS. That's mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. it. I mean, that's the right. 87,000 uh, right there. A bill to authorize the Secretary of Homeland Security to suspend the entry of, uh, this is the, from the actual bill, from of aliens and other persons. Well, we knew they were going to have a vote on that, mm-hmm. right? You need right. to follow right. the law. Right. They're, these are all symbolic. They're not going to go anywhere. But you, what you want to do is you want to get the Democrats, you want to get them, uh, you know, on the record voting, right. which we assumed was going to happen anyway, McCarthy or anybody else. A bill to prohibit the Secretary of Energy from sending petroleum products from the strategic oil reserves to China and for other purposes. We mean you weren't going to have a vote on that? Right. <laughs> uh, a bill to uh, amend uh, the Crime Control and Safe Streets Act to direct the district attorney and prosecutor's office to report uh, to the attorney general and uh, for other purposes. I'm not sure where that's going. I mean, that's with the that's actually the the uh, the uh, omnibus crime control portion of it. Not sure specifically what that's focused on. Number five, a bill to require a national instant crime background check system to notify U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement and relevant state and local law enforcement agencies whenever. The information available to the system indicates that a person illegally or unlawfully in the United States may be attempting to receive a firearm. 
Well, that's a die. You weren't going to do that anyway. Right. Uh, a bill uh, to prohibit taxpayer funded abortions. That's already against the law. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but they, they need another bill to do it. But that's OK. That's mm-hmm. that's that's OK to, to put that up anyway. And a bill to amend uh, Title 18 United States Code to prohibit a health care practitioner uh, from failing to exercise the proper degree of care in case of a child who survives an abortion or an attempted abortion. You weren't going to do that anyway? I mean, these are all things that we expected that they were actually talking about doing. And it's almost as if, okay, let's make the deal. Let's make it so we can get this thing over with. Let's demand that McCarthy do something that he probably was going to do anyway. Yeah, right. You know, I mean, and it doesn't matter, you know, if the bills, if if those bills were introduced... McCarthy isn't going to let's put it this way the 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 uh you know the illegal immigrant for example uh portions here that they want on the legislation by the way the legislation doesn't exist they're just the headlines for the legislation the topics of legislation right, right. that they want what they want to do if somebody in the republican side introduced those bills and McCarthy didn't do it he would be eviscerated by the republicans right yeah yeah i mean it's it's Look, uh, it's it is restating repositioning of of where what they want to tackle and the issues and recognition of the issues, and I get it. and okay, fine. As as you mentioned, you know, a couple of these items are are already in play, but you tackle them, you bring them up in order for the conversation to happen. Great, but the the difference is is that like we've been saying for months. This should have happened. The party should have been united from the moment after the last election was called and they had the 218 and they knew they were going to have control of the House from then on. This is what we're going to tackle. These are the items we're going after over and over and over again. And we didn't hear that, Uh, you know, to make this a a play about uh, we're going to, you know, uh, hold McCarthy accountable. We're going to hold. All right. Yeah. All right. Fine. I I guess they need to uh, justify the reason for uh, everything that's been going on for the last week plus. All right. Fine. Great. Now let's get down to it. There's little that they can do. They only control the House. And they barely control the House. So they're going to have to promote these items over and over again about what they want to do and why it benefits this nation. And they have to do it at every single turn. And they have to do it right now, especially united as a party. They should be up there in a group. Democrats at least know how to do that. And they've got one of the most radical people out there, especially when it comes to election, being an election denier as head of their party in the House. Oh, but yet they all stood behind it. Yeah. yeah. And it just makes you wonder, okay, why is this so hard? I don't care that there are differences. That's fine. I expect the conservative faction to be uh, loud. Because there are very few conservatives left on Capitol Hill. 
And when you break it down, honestly, I don't know if you get into a a, a, a complete uh, multiple number. It's like one and a half. <laughs> it's not that many when you really break it down. But doing things for show, when you know how all of this works, doesn't get anything done and doesn't get anybody on your side. Because it tells me you've been playing to win over your own side again instead of playing to win over the middle and people who aren't on your side, the independents, and maybe some Democrats along the way that might vote for the party. That should have been happening before January ever came about. But I guess we'll do it the hard way. Also coming up here on uh, the show, Biden sees uh, a sanitized border on his uh, drive-by border visit, because that's yeah. what it was. Interesting. You, know, you On these things, you don't pay attention to what the national media says. Right. You the pay local, attention to what the yeah. local media says. And we'll yep. get to that coming up here in a little bit. NFL players kneeling again. Mm. But for a different reason, mm, yeah. Uh, we'll, I, I'm I'm telling you, I w- watching over the weekend as just the sports shows. I mean, on ESPN, they had a they the they had a panel discussion on God in football and and God's role and all the faith of all, every single one of the anchors on there, and there were like and panelists five. We're talking about the importance of God. I mean, I'm sitting, this is ESPN. I'm just freaking out. I'm like, this is driving, I mean, this is driving the left absolutely bonkers. Yeah, it has to be. Because remember, it wasn't too long ago that the left was saying, your thoughts and prayers, prayers don't do anything. Yeah. How dare you just offer up thoughts and prayers? Yep. And it's just, and it's just. Was really an amazing week in the the uh, the NFL. The beginning of the Bills game was mm-hmm. mind boggling. Mm-hmm. You know the what you know they were do you know what they did there to uh, you know to uh, to to start it all out. Yeah. I don't know if you yeah. saw, heard about it, but yeah, I saw it after after the fact. But yeah, but yeah. but the did you see that the Bills returned the kickoff mm-hmm. for a touchdown, mm-hmm. and it was their first touchdown in three years and three months. His number is three. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Josh mm-hmm. Allen threw. Three touchdowns. They were no. They were noting this the statisticians, and they had three interceptions. Yeah. It's like wow, all his number, and so yeah. Yeah. and 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 the talk of spirituality and God and the importance of prayer. And I mean, when the doctors, if you saw yeah. the, the 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 doctors mm-hmm. being interviewed, the mm-hmm. same thing, the yeah. power of prayer. Right. I'm like, this is driving. And that's why Joy Behar may just her head may blow apart. No, honestly, on, she might on, lose on it. On the next view. Right. No, she might absolutely uh, lose it. Uh, if you couple that, all of that, what you mentioned, along with what DeMar said, you know, after he could yeah. breathe on his own and, and you know, basically, uh, you know, he's not out of the woods yet. And, you know, keep it up. And thank you for all the prayers and support and all of that and all the love. I have never heard in any type of sports in my life the uh, the so much mention of God, in yeah, one I just right, haven't right, and the and the importance of I just haven't heard it, yeah, and it's right. just 
it's it's uh, with everything else that we hear man it was refreshing oh yeah it was and and it was beautiful so the beginning of the bills game i mean they they showed you know and some of the games are not showing the star spangled banner mm. showed the star spangled banner you know and just the uh you know uh uh people with uh with banners and flags flying everywhere and it was just like i'm like wow yeah wow this is exactly what we talked about for years this is the greatest thing especially about football but professional sports in general this is the greatest thing because people come together. Yeah, unifying, exactly. Yep. Uh, so we'll talk about uh, that. Colorado cancels their plans to ship migrants to New York City and Chicago after a Democrat uproar. Mm, <laughs> Remember, yeah. Democrats sending migrants to other Democratic cities. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ex-Virginia uh, Tech soccer player who allegedly was benched uh, for not le- kneeling to Black Lives Matter mm. gets a settlement. Uh, headline says inflation is... Uh, ha- Ask the question, has inflation peaked? We'll answer it, no. Because it's not whether it's you're reducing the rate of growth. Inflation peaks when it gets to the top and then right. doesn't go up any higher, or is it a 2% level? Right, right. But no, inflation has not peaked. Uh, uh, vulnerable Senate Democrats for 24. Uh, more media political activism evidence and a whole bunch more. we got a great show ahead. 866-90-RED-EYE. Starting and charging system-related issues are one of the most common causes of winter breakdowns. So when your batteries talk, it's important you listen. Knowing the warning signs that could indicate your electrical system needs attention can help you avoid getting stuck out in the cold this winter. Have your batteries inspected by a professional technician if you smell any unusual or strong odors coming from the battery box. A pungent odor could indicate chemicals are escaping from a damaged or overcharged battery. This report is a service of Shell Rotella. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll-free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE, if you would uh, like to uh, uh, get in. It was really amazing how quickly it was announced. The president, when we were here Thursday, had he announced yet, or was that like Friday or Saturday that he announced he was going to be? No, we had announced. Yeah. Had he announced? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I didn't know if he had because yeah. it it just seemed that you know to do it on a Sunday it seemed you know and he, he he's doing it with a huge weekend in the NFL. Yeah, I mean there were right. a ton of right. you know a, a, a ton of games. I'm like doing it on a Sunday, mm-hmm. you know, when it's like, does he want it to get lost in, in the, in the news cycle? Because there wasn't really a lot of buzz about it at all. No, there wasn't. I mean, outside the local media, um, you know, and leading up to it, of course, uh, they were doing everything they could to clean up El Paso, including the areas where illegal immigrants would, would be basically staying. I mean, they were, they were like camps. Mm-hmm. And they cleaned a lot of that up off the streets before he uh, got there. And, of course, their response, well, of course, there's there's a security concern. Oh, security concern. I thought they were welcome here. 
You know, I mean, it, it really is mind-boggling. Oh, yeah, sorry, um, we did know because I, that's right. Because I remember on on Thursday, yeah. we led the show by saying we know Biden's running for the for election. Yeah, now. right, right. We, we know the campaign right. started because he's, he's admitted there's a, a death. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, the, the, and the editorial board at the uh, Wall Street Journal that wrote about that. And it is clear. Uh, well, it seems apparent, at least for now, his mindset is that he's going to run. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think they just want to now, uh, you know, get rid of that question that's been there forever. When is he going to visit the border? Well, he has visited the border. Well, no, he hasn't. Well, now he has. Yeah. Not going to do anything about it. Not going to do anything <laughs> at all. But it's. Yeah. He's visit, and everybody knows it. Right, everybody knows it. It's like right. they want this to be happening at the border. Right, exactly. We'll, we'll get to some of the specifics coming up, and and get some of the audio from some of the local news stations covering it in El Paso yesterday. You're a threat to democracy if you don't download our app, Red Eye Radio. And he's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 Red Eye. Okay, I want to play some audio. This is from uh, the uh, local ABC affiliate in uh, in El Paso, and, and just some of their analysis on uh, the president's visit uh, to the border. Okay, Here, right. now, uh, just let you know that there's some clipping problems that, that I'm having with this, and I just haven't been able to get rid of it, but please, I thought it was important just to play a few of these clips. Mm-hmm. So there is just some clipping in it and uh, just, uh, uh, well, you'll know why I mm-hmm. want to play it even mm-hmm. with the clipping. Here we go. But it doesn't get to the heart of the issue. And, and quite frankly, the, the process that happens at the Bridge of the Americas is commercial traffic. There, there are not uh, facilities there to process individuals. And so, you know, maybe the tone of this will change uh, when he goes to the county facility. But but so far, I mean, this is this is very much a dog and pony show. Yeah. Maybe- <laughs> OK, that would that was, I think that might be one of the worst ones. Let's uh, go to this other one here. Here we go. No. All of these locations are on the itinerary that we <laughs> received from the White House. Didn't look like he was going to be headed to downtown El Paso, which is where we had seen. Many of the migrants who had uh, been living on the streets of Segundo Barrio. There you go. And and there's more audio cuts, too. But I, you, you get where it's going here. But I just I know the clips can be bothersome. But uh, uh, and, and I, demonstrating, I'm, you know, yeah. what, what we mentioned a minute ago. And, and that is, look, uh, you know, uh, first of all, they want to clean up the streets of El Paso uh, temporarily while he's in town. And. That likely happens to an extent. I know it happens during every election cycle in every major city. Um, but but they just didn't want the reality to hit. Clean it up long enough for him to stop, make his appearance, and get out of town. But the people of El Paso and the people of other border towns know the truth. Because you live it every single day. Leading up to the visit, the Border Patrol Union slammed the president because uh, of the reports that state and local authorities were ramping up detentions and cleaning up the migrant encampments ahead of the commander-in-chief's arrival. Mm. Uh, El Paso is being cleaned up as if nothing unusual ever happened here, said the National Border uh, Patrol Council uh, uh, tweeted 
on Friday, just in time for Biden's visit to the uh, the uh, the border. Look, we all know it. This isn't, you know, it's like, a, you know, Mayorkas, you know, blaming Governor Abbott. You saw mm-hmm. that? Well, right. He's not, yeah. Right. He's not collaborating with us mm. to do what? To do what? To to not enforce the border? Right. Because what they're saying is we just need to process these people quicker and get them on the streets of the United States. Right. It's like, well, no. That's not no. what the people of Governor Abbott's state want. want. But the thing is. The pre- the well, I don't know if the president knows he's lying. I I don't know if he does or not. That's a good point. <laughs> but Mayorkas knows he's lying. Mm-hmm. Mayorkas is fan. When you talk about the border being secure, right? Uh, Mayorkas is lying. We know he's lying. The press know he's lying. Mm-hmm. Democrats know he's lying. He knows he's lying. His family knows that he's lying. Everybody knows that the administration is lying, and it's just we go along with it because that's what we do. Right. Just allow it. And and it's what the Democrats want. The Democrats want chaos at the border. And that's just the reality of it. Mm-hmm. They want what is going on at the border. Yeah, now, they do. Now they, they, they want to, uh, now that Biden is campaigning to run for president. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, they, how do you know? He went to the border. <laughs> Governor Newsom. No, I wasn't ever even thinking about running for president. I don't even No, no, I would never run for president. No, no, no. And what sealed the deal was, yeah, uh, I'm going to the border. And, of course, we were told before the Christmas break that the president would be making his decision while on his Christmas vacation. And yep. apparently he made that decision. Yeah, the stories came out late last week that he's, you know, ramping up to run. Right. I mean, that's so... Uh, and, and so, yeah, and, and like I said, the evidence is, is clear. Now he's saying, well, there's a problem at the border that the, that, uh, Trump and the Republicans caused. Well, mm-hmm. they couldn't sell that way, way back when. Right. Also, I did see that, uh, uh, that, uh, uh, Representative Comer was on, uh, with, uh, I keep wanting to say Richard Todd. Yeah. He used Chuck to be, Todd, yeah. he used to be a quarterback of the New York Jets a long, long time ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it, it, Chuck Todd. Talking about you know the investigation of uh, Hunter Biden and all mm-hmm. that you know mm-hmm. basically it's just it's just just uh, just personal. I mean it's just uh, yeah, it sounds personal I'm, to me. I'm telling you, it's going to yeah. be it's going right. to it's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. It really is. if the Republicans do their job, it's going to be very very interesting to see uh, the response uh, you know that that uh, we get from the uh, the media and the Democrats because they can't win on the actual issues. You know, they can't. Uh, oh, but it was, uh, you know, it, um, you know, you see the, 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 why I brought up Comer was he brought up, you know, cause, uh, uh, Chuck Tysco said, well, it's partisan to me. Excuse me. Some people say it's partisan, yes, which by the way, people, the response uh, should be, who are these people? Yeah. Give me some. Right. Who, who are these people saying? Are it? you quoting a poll? What? Well, what are you stating here? Well, Joe Biden says it's partisan. Uh-huh. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> but you should do that every time they say some people. When yeah. you, when a media person says to you yeah. some people, you some say people. who are these people? Because mm-hmm. some people makes it seem like, oh, okay, it's some people across a wide variety of pol- of, of politics. But mm-hmm. if your question is partisan, <laughs> yeah, and you're accusing me of being partisan, sorry, that doesn't cut it. Exactly. Well, and if. The some people that are saying it's partisan are also partisan. Then, right. of course, we know exactly how to 
quantify all that and where to categorize. Right. But uh, he pointed out, he goes, the latest, uh, what was it, the Harper-Harris poll, mm-hmm. latest Harper-Harris poll, 65% of Americans want to investigate it. Doesn't sound partisan to me. Right. And then apparently at the that end. That sounds like a huge win. Apparently at the end, as the music was playing out, he goes, sounds personal to me. Yeah. It's like, yeah. What a, you know, just yeah. an absolute political activist mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. But you can't, the thing is, the problem with the 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 the, the border is everybody knows why it's happening. Yeah, with right. with uh, the whole oh, and by the way, Comer. I'll try to find that audio where Comer said this isn't about Hunter Biden; it's about Joe Biden. Yep, it's about influence peddling. Yep, and again, you can't win, and this is what the Republicans have to do. So let's set aside everything that happened last week. It's mm-hmm. gone. It's done. Mm-hmm. It's what do they do now? Right. You focus on the issues. You keep them on the issues, and if you keep them on the issues. They cannot debate you. Right. They can't. Right. Well, oh, and by the way, hmm. Jeffries is going to be so easy. Oh, yeah. So yeah. easy. Yeah. He's going to be, he's yeah. just a loose cannon. Mm-hmm. He's just, you know, he's as radical as you can get. Mm-hmm. He's as big of an election denier that exists in the United States. Because mm-hmm. he's been doing it for a significant period of time. Right. And you can and he's as radical left as you can possibly get. The opportunity is there. Last week's done. The opportunity is there for Republicans to debate and on the issues pound the Democrats right into the ground. The question is, can they do it? Will they do it? Will they do it? They're capable of doing it. They just have to have the will. You know, I was uh, when I was uh, uh, seeing McCarthy talk about the fact on the very first bill, well, we will repeal the funding for eighty-seven thousand new IRS agents, and you see, you see all the Repu- just to show you imagery, you see all the Republicans cheering, and you see everybody sitting on the Democrat side. The majority of Americans agree with the party that was standing. Yep, not the party that was sitting. Right on on that one. Right. When you look at, it, I'm like, wow. And that's what you have to do. You have to produce the imagery over and over again, backed by the substance. Yep. And they get the support on that issue uh, in a solid fashion. Uh, And look, uh, that's also how you campaign. You demonstrate what you could get done if you had the power. You know, do do you think there's ever been, I mean, I, I don't think there's ever been a time when the discussion of, um, of a a flat tax has ever been has ever been greater because of everything that we have seen from what the IRS has done mm-hmm. from now where they wish to go which is to well if you're a uh, if you're a nonprofit or a church because this is where the democrats want to go right they want to take away your nonprofit status if you are not woke right is that what gets to the point where the American people eventually say that we need to move away from an income tax? I the, the income tax bothers the daylights out of me more than it ever has before because the income tax is where you have the ability to get involved in every single person's life. Yep. And, and I, there's no I, reason for the government to be involved in every single person's. There's no reason for the federal government to do it. There's other ways of taxing. We should do it. Right. No, I, I think the point, uh, the case for that is greater than it's ever been. Yeah. And the question is, is the political will? 
because it would have to be absolutely overwhelming. Well, it's better than when Steve uh, Forbes came up with his scheme. Scheme, his tax <laughs> scheme. <laughs> By the but way, that no. was that was the basis. Everybody who doesn't know that was the basis of Bernard Goldberg's book, yeah. Bias, that he came out with. Well, it's over twenty years ago now, right? Yeah, uh, that he came out with that. You know, he had worked for for uh, Dan Rather, and and I and think that's I, what, that's when he realized the media was biased. So my question would be. You know, with all the discussion of the IRS wanting to get into, you know, looking into every deposit over $600 and everything else being flagged by the IRS and and them hiring tens of thousands of agents, is that enough to carry that politically? Because it gets into the gig work, right? The gig economy is still very much alive. Uh, people taking second jobs. Um, and getting gig work. But, you know, the question would be is are people afraid of, okay, look, uh, right now I can get, I can stay under the radar on cash payments for my business. But if you get to a flat tax, then there's no way I can avoid it. Well, not, you know, not only that, because I think, and, and the thing is, you probably have a significant number of independents and liberals mm-hmm. that actually like the gig economy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, and, I think, and, 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 and yeah, so, right. and so when you look at that, people went, well, now they're going to be going, well, the, 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 the populist viewpoint is you're going after the little guy, not the big guy. Right. Which right. again, always, uh, you know, is always quite harmful if you're not, if, if the populace can have a great point against you, that resonates with the public significantly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I look at it from both the fact that the philosophy that that I live in the United States to be left alone. And there no is no reason for a tax system now because we've seen the abuse of the IRS. Right. We saw the abuse with the nonprofits, with the Tea Party nonprofits. We know that it's there. We see this now with the eighty-seven thousand, and now going after the smaller cash, you know, payments, which is going to wake up the public to go, "Oh boy, they're monitoring every single little stinking aspect of my life." And then you see where they wish to go with churches, mm-hmm. where the Democrats wish to take the IRS with churches. Okay, if you don't do this, then we will use the tax system to punish you. Right. There's no reason to do that. Right. We don't have to have a tax system that does that. And we shouldn't have a tax system that does that, especially when we know that the abuse actually exists. Right. And has been used. Right. And the goal of the Democrats is to use it even more. Yep. 86690 Red Eye. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carly, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 uh, Red Eye. Look, I don't think that the, we're going to move to a different tax system. I'm saying that I believe the argument is better than ever before. Yeah, yeah. I don't believe it's going to. Now, would it if you had a flat tax that you took away most deductions? Because you had a very high deductible, and, you, and, and so you know, even now with the Republican plan, uh, a lot of people don't have to itemize anymore. Right. And if you don't have to itemize, so then you're not going to be audited. Yeah, the standard deductions are right. so high now. That, right. 
And so unless you keep the standard deduction and went to a flat tax or something like the, uh, uh, that, but then, uh, what do you accomplish? What are you accomplishing? It's really, it's really the, dedu- it's really the deductions that make the difference. That's why you get audited. You get audited because of, of deductions and, and, uh, your losses compared to your income and everything else. It, I've always been in favor, uh, well, not always, but I mean, when I started paying attention to the tax system, I looked at it and said, flat tax, eh, sales tax. Yeah, I like that better. I want the government completely out of it. Now, if the government wants to be involved with you as a business collecting that tax, that's a different ball game because that doesn't have to get into your life. That simply gets in into your personal life. That simply gets into your commercial practices of what you're reporting. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. But yeah. we're not. But we're not going to a sales tax. But I just my point was I think the argument is better than ever to discuss the problems with having an income tax and limiting the IRS. Yes. Top of the Hour News is brought to you by House Products. Visit HouseProducts.com. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and around the planet, 866-90-RED-EYE. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Thank you for being here. We hope you had a great weekend. Download our Red Eye Radio app today. And if you can't listen live overnight, you can listen uh, when and where you uh, you want. Um, well, I did go golfing on Friday. You did? I did. All right. Yeah, did you get in? Uh, how many holes did you get in? 18. A full 18? Yes, 18. Wow. And, and on the 18th hole, uh, I I think I told you when we got back last week, because he passed away a couple of weeks ago, but his his obituary just uh, came out. Uh, one of my old dear friends go- and, and golfing buddy that I probably golfed with him more uh, than anybody else in my entire life. Uh, he uh, he passed away right after Christmas, hmm. and uh, uh, G- uh, Gary Wagoner, and just a great guy. Um, hadn't seen him. In a few years, we'd still stay in contact every couple of years because I ended up moving from the, you know, from, uh, I met him in, in Portland, Oregon, but I still would, well, I went up like seven years after I was there until he moved. Uh, so we played together for like 10 years and I played with him more than probably anybody. Hmm. And his legacy is laughter because we just laughed and laughed and laughed. So uh, I was talking to a, a great friend of his and um, told her I was going to be golfing and that I would think of him. So I got to the 18th hole, and I was—I didn't play in nine months, and I didn't putt at all, even when I've been practicing the last oh, couple of weeks. Okay, if you would have seen me out there, you would have said, "Oh, Gary's a pro." I couldn't miss a putt. All so right. we get to—you know—we get to the 18th hole, and I'm putting for a par, and it's a downhill putt, like right. you know, 20 feet down, but yeah. it's got a pretty big break on it. Right, and I'm like, okay, thank. 
Gary, I'm going to make this. I'm making it for you. Mm. And the, my two golfing buddies, I just, I told them the story. You know, I had met them on the course, but I told them the story. And I said, so I'm going to make this for Gary. And <laughs> so as soon as I hit the putt, the one guy goes, nope. <laughs> I mean, <it's, laughs> nope. <laughs> and the ball starts going, starts tracking, starts tracking about two feet away. I mean, because it's, yeah. it's making this big break. I'm like, uh. this thing's in. And it went and did what you, you know, the old 360. It went right around the cup, 360 wow. degrees and came out and Which set. Which is rare. Yeah. Yeah. And set like one sixteenth of an inch. I'm like, Oh, and I burst out laughing. And as I was doing that, I went, Oh, that's it. Gary would have been laughing at me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> this would have been happening. And I was laughing just like he would have laughed. Yeah. It's right. like, Oh, come on. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. That's so, funny. um, yeah. But, uh, just I wanted to mention because sometimes some of the, the 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 best friends that you meet that have a huge impact for your entire life and and leave that kind of legacy of just pure laughter and when I think of him well this is the one thing I I messaged him I think it was it was either Christmas Eve or the day before mm-hmm. and I'd message him on Facebook Messenger mm-hmm. and and uh, he died right after Christmas mm-hmm. and he didn't respond to me immediately but you know on Facebook Messenger that happens all the, right. you know you leave mm-hmm. a message but somebody but i saw that he read it and i i teased him just like he would tease me for missing that putt and it gives me a little bit of comfort knowing that i knew that he you, you can tell on facebook messenger yeah, right, if somebody right, reads it right i'm like oh because when i found out that he died i went back and looked I said oh good he read it yeah so i knew i put a smile on his face uh be you know beforehand but um it was shocking because he wasn't ill or anything, so I don't know mm. the exact cause, but it was suddenly. Mm. But uh, he, according to his uh, friends and everything else, but uh, yeah, I just wanted to be, mention him. He had such a, just a huge impact, especially I golfed more with him, as I told you, than anybody else, but I golfed more than I ever golfed before because of of him and my other golfing buddy at that time, Mike. We, I prob- we were probably golfing three times a week. Hmm. For almost three years, right? All the time we were golfing, and then when I moved here to Texas is when I actually joined a club and golfed again for another seven years to the point where I got sick of it because I was playing so much. But I became the best golfer that I that I ever was at that point. So, mm. um, yeah. So it was just mm. uh, just wanted to make sure that I mentioned wanted to make sure I mentioned him. Yeah, because it was uh, it was sad, but. Yeah. Other than that, uh, beautiful day. I know the wind didn't affect me that much. It was mm. it was very very. Started out cold, then the sun came out, mm. and the right. sun came out it was beautiful. Did you see we could be up to eighty degrees on Tuesday and Wednesday? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but <clears throat> I don't mind it at all. Uh, the you know uh, the idea of a freeze apocalypse. Once I get past Christmas and the New Year, I'm ready to get back into spring anyway. So. Apparently, we're yeah. going to do just that, at least for a couple of days. Now, I'm looking at my lawn thinking, because my lawn went from partially green to that, you know, the hard freeze that we had. Right. From partially green to, you know, dead. Right. From the freeze. And it, and I mean, in two days, all the color was gone. I was like, wow. Because normally, it just, you know, in our neck of the woods, it fades out slowly. And then usually by mid-December, it's gone. But we had had such a, you know, a very few cold spells, really. And it had stopped growing, but there was still plenty of green in my lawn. 
So then I go to overturn the bucket that I had on top of the insulated pipe and, and that comes out of the ground. That is my, my um, uh, faucet in the backyard. And so it comes straight out of the ground, not the brick. So mm-hmm. I always put a just in case. I put a, a, a bucket over it. You know, it's all insulated and everything else, but I put a bucket on that and then put a rock on top of the bucket, the whole thing. I went to turn that over. All the grass around or underneath there is all perfectly green. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that won't last, but wow, uh, yeah. And well, and I'm I'm looking at my dead lawn, going, yeah, but I need to, you know, I need to put down the pre-emergent because which I put the winter down already, uh, but I'm talking about the spring pre-emergent, which I typically don't put down until like February. I was thinking the exact. I'm looking at my lawn. I'm like, I don't have any weeds. I must have done a really good job. You know, in the for the fall and winter stuff, I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't have any. Normally, I've got the weeds or crabgrasses, and I'm like, okay. And I've got all the chemicals. I was looking in my garage yesterday, saying, "When do I do it now? Because it's going to be warm all this time." Yeah. Oh, what do I? You know, what do I do? Right. You'll like this story. Uh, I I went out and um, uh, because we you know we had so many leaves blowing around, and uh, it was about a week ago, maybe even eh, middle of last week. I don't know why, but but. The wind hit and the leaves just were all over the place. Mm-hmm. So I've been checking my filters of my pool, the filter, you know, right next to the pool and then mm-hmm. the one that is connected to your your pump motor. Mm-hmm. So uh, I go out yesterday and I, uh, you know, or Saturday, and I empty, you know, the leaves out of the one near the pool, the filter. Like, oh, it's quite a bit. And all of a sudden I hear this sound. I'm like, oh, no, that's the motor. Well, the new pump, I only, I put in, uh, probably about six months after, uh, about uh, maybe eight months after November of twenty one, mm-hmm. I, I need a new pump. It was just, cra- and I said, okay, it was, uh, it was cracked from pre-apocalypse. It was still sort of working, but it was on its last legs, and so I replaced it. Now they're expensive to replace the whole thing, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I hear this sound. I'm like, oh, it's the motor. Mm. I go, maybe it's, but I can see it's a great big vacuum. It's pulling everything in. Mm-hmm. So I go in there and I remove all the leaves from there and I put it back on. And so then you prime it and, you know, and it goes a lot faster. I mean, it mm-hmm. just goes up mm-hmm. to as you're priming it. Mm-hmm. And it's, and I'm like, it's like, like the, and then it goes away. Well, it's going faster. Yeah. Why don't I hear it? And then it comes back down again, the same thing. I'm like, kind of like looking around. I go, the, it seems to be going good. And so I start saying, maybe it's a loose wire or something that's, I start going around, also I hit one part and it stops. And I look. And on all the motors, you know, they have the little fans to cool them down. Mm. And there's a leaf there. And it's just, just vibrating. Oh, hitting on the fan. But it was making a huge noise that I could hear from 20 feet away around the corner. Yeah. And like, oh, pull the leaf away. Problem solved. Yeah. Those are the great moments in life when you're sitting there thinking. When you feel like you've actually fixed something, but you fix nothing, and then. It's not going to cost you $2,000 to yeah. replace. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, like, like, that was the best. That was the best day that I. It's like, this is wonderful. I need more days like this. Yeah. <laughs> so. Exactly. But uh, ov- overall. Uh, Hey, you know what starts uh, this, even though I'm going to visit dad, just for a very quick, you know, one-day thing, uh, Fort Worth Stock Show and Rodeo starts this week. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, they won't have the cold weather that they normally have. No, no. I mean, it's going to be. 
I don't know what I, I don't know what they'll do. Do they even know how to? They might cancel the show because the weather's too warm. Uh, typically, that show, it, it, right? I don't know. Over the years, it just seems like some at some point during that show, there is some kind of ice or mm-hmm. winter, you know, precip or something that happens. And over the years, you know, just kind of you in my mind, I correlate that show with cold weather. We may have to wear our white cowboy hats out there and not our yeah black right. ones, right? Just don't wear white boots. They look weird. Yeah, I do have a white. Somebody said, well, you wear that. You can't wear that black one mm. like, during the summer. I said, I got a, I have a white one. And that's the funny thing, because when you, you know, I'm not a cowboy. Mm. <laughs> Most people aren't. Mm-hmm. But it's like uh, I have the costume. <laughs> I don't dress up for Halloween. But for the Fort Worth Stock Show and Rodeo, put on the cowboy hat, the boots, the I've got the buckle. Mm. <laughs> I've got the and you go out there and you pretend you're a cowboy. Right. I try to walk a little bit different. There's sort of a kind of a limp. And, I, and I'm like, okay, I can't I can't walk like a yeah. cowboy. <laughs> it's yeah. just old age. <laughs> My yeah. knee hurts. Yeah. Well, eventually, you'll walk just like a cowboy because that's why they're walking that way. <laughs> exactly. So, no, no I, I wasn't out. La- I, I haven't been there in three years because mm-hmm. COVID year was canceled and then Last year, I don't know why I never got a chance to get out. I forgot what it was last year that mm-hmm. I couldn't get out. It's like I've got to get out this year. You know, mm-hmm. I just uh, I was out there when I was a local talk show host for like five years in a row. The entire time, yeah. every single day, I was out there broadcasting. Yeah, if you've never been, in, if you want a taste of the West, that's uh, that's a good show to start. Yeah, it is, and make sure you make sure you stop by in the exhibition center and see my buddy Buck Taylor. Yeah, pick up some of his Western art. Right. I'll have to. I got so many. I haven't seen him in a while, so I got so many questions to ask him, especially about <laughs> Yellowstone. Yeah, exactly. Oh no, I've got a lot of questions. I'm going to send with you to ask about Yellowstone. Oh, okay, <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but the, he's going to ask. Oh, so you've seen it all? No, I've never seen one. Mm. Uh, yeah, I um, I uh, I won't get out there, but uh, yeah, I've got a couple of questions for him. So, yeah. Actually, Taylor Sheridan needs to answer some questions too. <laughs> yeah, I um, I don't mind a warm winter though. I really don't. No, um, I I want it to be over with now. I, I now that it's and I'm looking, saying, please just get us by the middle of February, the middle right. of February, the right. middle of February. Get us by February twentieth, because right. I think freeze apocalypse. Normally, I always felt safe. I think it. I think it probably hit right around Thanksgiving, then lasted for a week. So it went right into like the nineteenth, twentieth. You know the uh, the freezing weather, the real cold weather. You mean was Valentine's Day? You said Thanksgiving. Valentine's Day. Did I yeah, say yeah, Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it hit around Valentine's Day, and and the day after, I think, was the real, real cold temperature. Uh, but then it stayed under thirty two for a while. I think it's like almost the nineteenth or twentieth of February mm-hmm. that year. Mm-hmm. I just don't want another freeze apocalypse. Just, yeah, I don't like the long stretches. I don't even care if my power's on and I can and I can shut down my pool and do everything. I just don't want it. Right. Right. You know, I'm I'm going, you know, I want normally I never go back to Buffalo during January. Right. Because I couldn't get back. I told my dad, "Okay, I'll come up. I'll come up uh, you know, just day and a half." 
And everything looks clear on the weather there? It looks okay. You know, it right. looks like, you know, maybe 40 is a high and 28 is a low. Okay. And, you know, I haven't checked since like last Friday. It could have changed, but it's looking okay. Nobody's, nobody is, well, I'm, because the, uh, uh, cause I'm flying in Friday. Yep. I get in, fr- I get in Friday afternoon, like about three, three twenty, three thirty. I'm going right to my great nephew's basketball game. I won't have slept at all. I'm going and so I'm going to go back and sleep and then, uh, it'll be breakfast with dad on Saturday, hang out with the, uh, the, the family. And then I'm on the early morning flight back uh, Sunday, and uh, they are. I know the Bills play on Sunday, so nobody has said it's going to be a storm, right? You know, I heard from what I heard is it's you know probably going to be in the 30s, something like that. But I'll check, right? But, right? Yeah. yeah. Hey, what happened to your Cowboys? They lost yesterday. Did they? Yeah, they lost yeah. to Washington. Oh, all right. Washington, the Kim- I did someone's. I did uh, see someone write. Cut Zach. Yeah, okay. I didn't see it. I didn't see mm. the game. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't see the game. I didn't. Yeah. I only caught a little bit of the Bills game yesterday. Yeah, I didn't and, pay attention. And I caught, you know, I I just, I got real busy doing stuff yesterday, but I caught like the first quarter of the game, and, and I wanted to see the beginning of it for uh, DeMar. So right. that's amazing that he's just, wow. He's, uh, he's up. Did you see that that he actually text texted the players Early Sunday morning, mm. and said, "I'm sorry for causing you, you know, all the grief mm-hmm. that I have." And they go, "That's him." It's like, "What do you mean? I'm sorry. You're sorry for?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. This so, is not on you. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, but uh, we'll talk more about that. I'm telling you, it's killing. I'm, it's killing the liberals out there, the Joy Behar's stuff like that. Well, you, they can't see people united around yeah, any one thing. They, they cannot. They, they can't do that. Hate it. It, it just it bothers them yep. to no end. They've got to create. They've got to create something, pull something yep. out of thin air to create more division. Eight six six ninety red eye. Hi, I'm Jen Loomis, a transport safety expert at JJ Keller, and I'm here to share a tip on winter weather driving. On the off chance that you become stranded due to wintry conditions, it's important to be prepared and to know what to do. Consider carrying an emergency kit. That includes a shovel, flares, jumper cables, first aid supplies, a flashlight, and spare batteries. If you become stranded, stay in your vehicle. Walking in a storm puts you at risk of being hit by a car, suffering hypothermia, or getting lost. Call 911 to request help. Store extra clothes in your cab so you can stay warm by wearing layers. If you have to run the engine for heat, make sure that the exhaust pipe is clear of snow and crack a window to make sure that carbon monoxide doesn't build up in the cab. Also pack extra food and water so you don't have to go hungry or risk dehydration while you're waiting for help to arrive. This tip was brought to you by J.J. Keller and Associates. Visit us at jjkeller.com. This report is brought to you by Pilot Flying J and by Shell Rotella. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carney, and I'm Gary McNamara. Eight six six ninety Red Eye. I'm really excited about you know what what we're going to. I won't say excited. I'm anticipating 
exciting sounds like I'm, you know, giddy or gleeful about it, but I'm I'm really interested to see, you know, where the Republicans are going to go now. Last week has ended. Right? Mm. That's that's done. I I, I was uh, saw Representative Comer yesterday saying, well, you know, you may see a bunch of votes to vacate the speaker. Do that at your own peril. Yeah, yeah. if you want to if you want to play that way, then okay, fine. Way to give up twenty four. But uh, you can that that's the entire goal, because you can talk about all this legislation you're going to promote. It's not going to really get you anywhere. You're not going to get it. Right. And, you know, now now you may through negotiations, you know, get the Democrats to agree to terms that are not as great as what they were going to do. But you're not going to cut to the level that you believe you're going to get. Right. Right. You're going to get cut. So, yeah. You can tap the yeah. brakes. Maybe. Uh, otherwise, it's going to be about demonstrating what you can do as a party between now and 2024. and get a word in edgewise. Eric Harley and Gary McNamara on Red Eye Radio. And he's Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Welcome and good morning. Uh, you know, we have talked about the, the media and uh, many times before in the mainstream media and and the fact that they are political activists, you know, not yeah. journalists or political right. activists. Mm-hmm. And we love to give you examples of it. Here is one from Meet the Press yesterday and uh, Chuck Todd talking to Representative James uh, Comer about uh, the investigations, including the Hunter Biden investigation. Here we go. So what we're doing, everything that we have requested, we have evidence to back up. There are emails and text messages that show Hunter Biden complaining about having to spend so much money keeping his dad up. I mean, that's a concern because Hunter Biden's only that's, source of income yeah, were from our adversaries in China and, and Russia for influence peddling. So this is something that we should look into. This isn't political. We want to know, it was the president truthful when he said he didn't have any knowledge or involvement right. of his family's shady business dealings? And once we determine that, we'll move on. Uh, I'm sorry. It, uh, for some reason, I can't get the part where he said, I've got the script in front of me that says, mm. that sounds personal to me. Yeah, right. That's what Chuck Todd Chuck responded. Todd says. Yes. Yeah, sounds personal to me. That's, sounds personal to me. Yeah. And and he had earlier in the, the conversation said that uh, it was, um, uh, you know, the the Harper-Harris poll, 65% mm-hmm. want Hunter Biden investigated. Right. Which means half the Democrats <laughs> believe there's something that stinks there. So yep. uh, if you want pure political activism, you have it right there. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, we've seen that before from Chuck Todd. It's no surprise, but... Uh, this is clearly a situation that is very different than the, um, you know, in any situation that we have seen before, or at least in recent years and modern times with a sitting president. And the question is, is the current president compromised? Was he compromised from before the time that he took office? What foreign influence is there and has there been? over this president as a result of his family getting money. And did he receive any of that money? And did they hide it? 
These are all very valid questions. Let me see if I can get uh, the, the, the Chuck Todd portion in there. Good raise it. For, uh, thanks so much. Here we go. Right. Is it political? We want to know. It was the president truthful when he said he didn't have any knowledge or involvement right. of his family's shady business dealings. And right. once we determine that, we'll move on. Okay. For some reason, it won't come up. I, I, I had it before, and it won't come up. Mm. All right. I don't, don't know what happened to it. But it's you know the. <laughs> but it, but I read it from the script of mm-hmm. and the, the transcript actual, right. transcript from NBC. So. Right. Yeah. And that's you know this is something that you know the Chuck Todd's. Don't. Why would you not want to know? If only to prove people like James Comer wrong. Right. You could come back and have Comer on again and say, "See, you were wrong." Why wouldn't you want to do that? Because why wouldn't you want the investigation? Because Chuck Todd knows it's completely the opposite. But understand, this is where he is a political hack. He's not a journalist. Yep. He's an activist. He's an activist. He doesn't even wish to argue the truth. He is an activist. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I wonder if they I wonder if they took that portion out because I went right to meet the press to get that clip. Mm -hmm. And it was in there earlier. Mm. They may have. They may have. I wonder if they edited that out because it sounds so biased Mm -hmm. in the clip that they're sending out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, it wouldn't be a shocker if they did. Um, Because that's why I played it. Because I had checked it earlier and it was like it was there and all of a sudden mm-hmm. it's gone mm-hmm. that that part where now it's on the transcript so they they can't hide it right but he said sounds personal to me yeah what mm-hmm. do you mean you have no idea these the emails exist right, mm-hmm. right. The, the emails exist right the the uh, the voicemail exists look if you firmly believe it is nothing, then let the investigation happen and prove that right. it's nothing so you can tell the world you were right. Just amazing. I just it's shake my head. Just shake my head. It's just, he is so bad. Well, I mean, they have basically, they have basically looked at the history of Meet the Press and the good journalism done by Tim Russert mm-hmm. and just spit in spit on his grave sorry oh, yeah. They have. It, yeah it's not you know it's not anywhere close no it, it's basically chuck todd putting on his very liberal activist show every week like he does on msnbc on a regular basis that is nothing but an extension of msnbc on sunday morning you know what you should do then if you believe that it sounds like what you should do is are you denying and here's the thing. If Chuck Todd ever interviewed me and I was a politician, mm-hmm. I'd have to keep throwing questions back at him. Well, wait a minute. You said this sounds political. Mm-hmm. Or Are personal. The, mm-hmm. or, or, or personal, excuse mm-hmm. me. Uh, personal. Are those emails, do you know something I don't know? Right. Are you saying those emails that where Hunter Biden talked about what he had to pay to his father, are you saying that those are false? Right. What are you saying are, are, that happened? Are, are, I, because you're the one saying that this is personal, mm-hmm. not not you know an investigation as to you know what the White House and what Biden has been involved before and whether he's involved in influence peddling. Now, Chuck, if you believe influence peddling is okay, then yeah, maybe you can make the thing that it is political. Right. If if you believe that the taking influence peddling from companies that are tied 
to uh, the Communist Party of China and the intelligence agencies of China, if you're okay with that, then I can see where you're coming up with your point. But are you arguing the evidence that actually exists that we know? Put them on the spot. Right. And and present your case right. if you're arguing that. Yeah, put them on if the you, sp- If you've got a chance to defeat someone like James Comer, then how do you not do that? No, James Comer should have done that to, to no, 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 Chuck no, no, Todd. No, 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 I'm saying, it, how did Chuck Todd, if he's got something that to demonstrate that this is nothing and it's only personal, how did you not present that and defeat James Comer right there? Because he's not asked to present it. Exactly. And he could have owned James right. Comer in that moment, but he didn't do it. What does that tell you? That he's got nothing. Right. But Republicans need to take somebody like that and say, excuse me, who are these some people or many people? Mm-hmm. Who are you talking about? Give me one example of one person who has said it. Right. If you're going to say that, if you're going to use many people, challenge him. When he says, sounds now, it was ending. It was under the music when he said, you know, sounds personal to me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's where you come back. And, and uh, when you come back the next week, when he invites you back on again, mm-hmm. you say, excuse me, I want to get back to where you said it sounds personal. Are you saying that the evidence that exists here is false? Is Hunter Biden's laptop not legit? Do you know something that we don't know? Right. Was that was that voicemail where Biden made it clear that he knew what his son's business dealings were about? Are you saying that that was doctored in some way? You know, the the very clear evidence that they have nothing is the media's silence on this for how long? And, of course, then social media shutting it down. We'll have none of this discussion with help from the FBI. We'll have none of this. Nobody will talk about this. We will not make this available to the public. Do they know how, you know, I guess you don't care. You know, we've talked about this before, but I shake my head because it's so bad. It really is. I mean, Chuck Todd is so bad. I mean, NBC, I, I can't believe that somebody doesn't look and go, God, you're just horrible because, you know, d- d- defend it. But, you know, defend it with specifics. But he just. He won't do it, but I understand no. when you're a political activist, you don't care. You, there is no shame if everybody knows that you're full of garbage, full, full of it. Yes, mm-hmm. you don't care whether everybody knows you're lying. All you care about is can I move my narrative a little bit more forward? Because that's my goal. My goal is not to be accurate. Chuck. Mm-hmm. Chuck Todd's goal on Meet the Press is not to present you accuracy. It's to set up a narrative and keep pushing that narrative without any evidence to back up the narrative. Right. Because if it's personal, then they should easily be able to demonstrate that over and over again. And should have been on the story from the beginning. But they weren't. Because it's real. Because the concerns are real. Right. You wouldn't have ignored the story. <laughs> exactly. Your silence is what tells us you've right. got nothing. Yep. That's you, how you, it's And Jeffrey Tubin said it a long time ago. We don't know what to do with the Hunter Biden story. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Report it. Report it. Yeah. Unless you're an activist and then you bury it. Yep. Or pretend it doesn't exist. Yep. You look away. 
Well, and he did answer what, but he did answer the correct way earlier. And Comer, he goes, "This isn't about Hunter. It's about Joe Biden. It's about influence peddling." Right. Yeah. And and all you have, he's, and you should see Chuck Todd just got this grin and this, this smile, mm-hmm. like, "Oh, you know, you're full of it. You're mm-hmm. full of it." Right. But you notice he never, and this sounds political to me. You never, you notice he never actually questions Comer and says, "Well, those emails aren't accurate." Right. He never does it. No. Comer was presenting. This is the evidence. We're going by the evidence that exists from the laptop. Well, that sounds political to me. Right. Or yeah. excuse me, personal to me. Mm-hmm. Personal. Yeah, no. Yeah, if, if he, he would have said political, well, everything's political. If that, he, that's the, by the way, that's the dumbest excuse. That's the dumbest statement ever made in Washington. Well, it's all about politics. Well, <laughs> we're all about radio. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't yeah. <laughs> Right. No, we're not. Mm-hmm. We're not about radio. That's <laughs> like saying... To Chuck Todd, We're, you're just saying that because it's Sunday morning. <laughs> it's you're only on the air because it's Sunday morning. Uh, it is the but look, it is the case where if the media has no problem going after Republicans and and demonstrating where they're wrong, but they sat on this story, they refused to cover it. CBS just learned that the whole laptop thing is real. Just weeks ago. <laughs> you know, this This is their approach. So Pretend it doesn't exist. Why would you do that? That was so embarrassing. Because you know it's real. That was so embarrassing, especially with Catherine Herridge yeah. doing the story. Right. Wow. And you know that it's real when they're saying nothing about it. Because they have no problem in getting a narrative together and repeating that narrative. Over and over again, as a group, as a collective, the liberal media has no problem doing that. And where is that with the Hunter Biden story? 86690 Red Eye. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690-RED-EYE. Coming up, following uh, the, uh, the top of uh, the hour, uh, more on uh, the uh, the National Football League. And I don't know if you saw the article, Tony Dungy ripping an article examining black athletes' injuries in football, calling it absolutely ridiculous, trying to make the case of racism now. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, when I, when I saw it yesterday, and I... Uh, let me, uh, when, when I, for example, here's one of the quotes from Josh Allen. Now the Bills game was the national game, the big national game yesterday at, mm-hmm. at, uh, one o'clock Eastern. Because mm-hmm. I think about, I, I'm, I think a little bit sitting there during the national anthem, some guys had tears rolling down just, and then just talking about everything else and the spirituality talk mm-hmm. and, you know, the, the coverage of the star spangled banner and the fireworks, uh, uh, afterwards. And the emphasis on prayer, prayer, and the number of panel discussions, even on ESPN, where they were focusing on faith and prayer. I seriously, I thought I was in another world. (laughs) It's like, what is what is going? And I went, the left is going nuts. And in you and I, Joy Behar, uh, you know, came out yesterday or not yesterday, but late last week. 
and on it and had to throw in well, you know uh, football it's uh, it only exists because of the uh, white conservative males the, the, the heterosexual conservatives mm-hmm. uh, uh out there and you're like and she goes i just thought that need to be said and it was and nobody even paid attention to it right but she is so hateful and i expect there's going to be a blowback on this from the left i think they've been quiet during the emotional part of it but there was an article here the the scientific american uh, article uh, that Tony Dungy said that's completely and totally ridiculous. We'll get into a little bit of that following the top of uh, the hour. But the left hates it when people are unified. They don't. They hate it. They've got to. The first thing they got to do is, is pounce on it and tear people apart. Yep. They make sure that there is division every step of the way. They hate it. Mm-hmm. They can't stand it for a second. They hate it when professional. I think they hate it when professional athletes. And and blacks come out and say, no, everybody is supportive. There's no racism here. Right. Uh, we're all in this together. We truly care about one another. They can't have that. Identity politics is what they're about. Yeah. If there's not yeah. hate, yeah. then they don't need to exist. Ben DeMar over the weekend basically saying Said that. This, yes. this brought us all together. together. Yes. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the planet, 866-90-RED-EYE. He is Eric Hurley and I'm Gary McNamara. Welcome. Thanks so much for being here. Download our Red Eye Radio app today. If you can't listen live overnight, you can listen when and where you choose to right on your smartphone. And thank you. And we appreciate everybody who's listening to us live overnight, as mm-hmm. always. Mm-hmm. Uh, really interesting, you know, last week, it was a week ago that DeMar uh, Hamlin was uh, was injured. Uh, severely injured, as as we all know, everybody knows this. I don't think there's anybody in America that doesn't know that story right. about how he was hitting and, and his heart to stop in the Monday Night Football game uh, last week. Demar Hanlon playing for the Buffalo Bills. They were playing in Cincinnati, and uh, he went down, and uh, they saved his life in the field. And all the goodwill that's come after that, I mean the the incredible fundraising. Mm-hmm. The uh, the sense of unity that is that is felt uh, that goes beyond winning or losing a, a a football game. Everything that you everything that you've seen from the last week that has made people feel good. Why? Because I believe most people are good or want to be good. Yeah. Right. And because I mean, we're all flawed. Well, well, okay. It's Eric's not, but I have I have a few flaws. Most most other people are. <laughs> most other people are flawed. We're not flawed. Most other people are flawed. You people out there, you flawed people out there. Um, and 
we like to be we like to be uplifted. We we like to see the best in society, and a lot of times we don't. Believe me, we know we do this for a living. Yeah, <laughs> and we point out where society may not be at its best, mm-hmm. but we all love it when. Well, most of us love it. Uh, in in these times where tragedy leads to good, you know, a yeah, bad right. thing leads to something that is that that is great, mm-hmm. and that's what you've seen uh, in uh, in the last week. I'm reading this one from uh, Demar Hanlon. This tweet: the love is felt and extremely real, no matter race or religion. Everybody coming together in prayer. The things we've seen this week that I never thought I'd ever see. I never thought that I would see prayers being recited on ESPN. Sorry, yeah, right. didn't see that coming. No. Where you had panel discussions on a number of networks. Where they were talking about the power of prayer. Yeah. We know this one this happened. I think it had to be, it was last, it was it would have been... I, I forgot whether it was Tuesday or Wednesday show when, uh, you know, as we Joy Behar came out and with her, you know, snarky comment and well, mm-hmm. football is. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Basically, football exists because of heterosexual conservative uh, men. Yeah, right. It's like, what? <laughs> it's like as if because heterosexual conservative men are the horrible ones. And so they create the horrible and support the horrible sport of, sport of football. Right. And everybody just ignored her and went on to other. That was the best thing. It was like, eh, anybody want to touch that one? No. No. And and I'm thinking to myself this weekend, especially after, you know, watching the games yesterday, and it just wasn't uh just wasn't in, in Buffalo, but it was all the NFL games that you saw what happened at that point, you know, at that point. You know, there I'm watching the beginning of the Bills game. And the national anthem's being sung, and people are cheering and crying, and wonderful moment. Yeah, you know, yeah. crying, you know, crying because of emotion and joy. Right. That that he has recovered. And I'm thinking to myself, I can't wait because the article's going to start coming out. You're going to start seeing it. Joy Behar started it. The left doesn't like this. The le- the left does not want to see. Happiness that comes with unity. And they don't like it when people talk about that we're all together, black or white, man or woman. It doesn't matter. We as human beings are united and wish to be united about good things. Yep. This article came out yesterday. Super Bowl champion coach Tony Dungy slammed an article in the Scientific American on Friday, they claim the NFL's violence disproportionately affected black men. The opinion article says black men are overrepresented on the playing field. So now it's a problem? <laughs> well, you've got to, again, you got to find a reason to create more division. The article claimed, you know, get this now, look, look at this accusation. The article claimed that through the process of racial stacking, Coaches allegedly racially segregate by playing position and put black athletes at higher risks. Hmm. Dungey responded in a tweet, as a black man and a former NFL player, I can say 
This article is absolutely ridiculous. That's the whole point. Coaches are looking. If we're going to injure somebody, we need to get, we need to injure the black guy. So put the black guy in a position where he's going to get injured. That's what the articles. <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, this is this is where, and it's going to get. I I I'd be very unless they understand that this is so powerful that this is something that they can't attack. Right, and I don't think yeah. it is. I I think that. I think the fury in the left that there is unity in the NFL where they thought they had maybe a permanent victory with the Black Lives Matter's lies about police departments being systemically racist. I think they thought that they had convinced the NFL, that they had convinced corporations, yeah. that they had convinced all of society and there was joy in the fact that we can tell lies and we can have this angst uh, and and this separation and you know of of people by race or whatever, and we can play into identity politics and we hopefully can make people hate each other by telling lies. That's what they live for. They can't stand well people being unified and happy. And, and I think they believed they had won that for the foreseeable future. That that, uh, that attempt they had been successful at and it was not going to go away ever. That we could, con- that you know, we've won it and we can continue to divide and show division every step of the way with America's sport. If you can't have division, if, if you cannot successfully promote division, the Democratic Party has lost their clout. That's what they survive oh, yeah. on. No, their entire purpose. Yeah. Judging people yeah. by groups instead of individuals. Remember, <laughs> what's one of the things in critical race theory? Individualism in is itself a form of white supremacy. Yeah, right. Yeah. You can't judge a person as an individual. No, it has to be. Everyone must be judged in a group. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you don't win that. And the love and support and prayers for DeMar is proof. Because as a society... This is who we are. The left yeah. believed they had won this. They believed they had put this all to rest. They could keep creating division. And they thought they were going to get away with it. And this happened. And no one wanted this to happen. But as a result of it happening, you saw people coming together. And that's something you and I have talked about for years. This is what professional sports, especially football, in America is all about bringing people together. You cheer the same way. You have that conversation on Monday morning or Tuesday morning and you talk about the game and it doesn't matter who that person is. Right. You have something you share sports and it's not just professional. I mean, you see it in college sports. Yeah, I mean, sure. they, we know it locally because TCU in the national championship game tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Talking to some of my buddies because you know I I I go to uh, the the restaurant Buffalo Brothers, mm-hmm. which is right across from TCU, 
And it's right. sort of a this is the most this is the most bizarre pairing of people, you know, because we should hate each other. Uh, but yeah, but, right. but it's basically a TC, TCU sports Buffalo sports bar. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. I mean, it's become a TCU Buffalo sports bar. Right. Because yeah. it's a Buffalo food bar that is yeah. the the uh, the the Bills backers bar, but it's also the TCU bar. It's right in the it's it's you know the uh, and it's right in the the chain of you know like university bars and restaurants right. on the main yeah. drag. That's right. that's where it is. Right, and it's it's the you know you walk in, you're like, all right, there's you know you're sitting there, you're cheering for TCU and people from TCU cheering for the Bills and people from the Bills, you know and 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 Buffalo sports cheering TCU, but it's wonderful. It's yeah, I mean sure. it's one. It's the whole. What's well, not great about that? it's it's the whole thing that you saw this week between the city of Buffalo and the city of Cincinnati. Hmm. Yeah, I mean two cities are really bonded together. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. I don't no doubt. See, in fact, it's had the up. I don't hate Joe Burrow anymore as a Bills <laughs> fan. No, <laughs> no, but you saw how. You saw how they reacted. You saw the, the you know all the stories coming out of Cincinnati, able to bond people of two different cities together, and at the same time, all the other NFL teams and all the other cities bonding. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons right. that I was that I was so frustrated because people know my history with the I think with the uh, the NFL and the Bills and everything else during the whole Black Lives Matter when I didn't watch for a bunch of years. Uh, I mean, I was just because this is this is what I want out of sports. Look, we can still look at the concussion problems and injury problems and and had that discussion, uh, you know, all day. But the the NFL and the fans and and, uh, you know, the the charity work that is done by the fans now. Yeah. You know, because almost all the almost everyone has uh, a backers, you know, has a a fans backers uh, group. From around the country, yeah, yeah, and so you can go anywhere, and you see you see people now. You know they, the the uh, the bars, the restaurants open that that are from different teams in different cities. It's absolutely wonderful, and they're all involved in charities. They're all yeah, involved in doing right. charitable work. I just saw, by the way, you know they they uh, it's over eight. I think it's eight point five million for his charity. Now he's selling new t. He announced Demar announced new t shirts that are going. You know, all the money goes to the University of Cincinnati Medical Center. Oh, wow. I mean, all this wonderful stuff and charity stuff that's being done. That's why I loved being part of it all and seeing it come back. And now going back into, you know, now that's what I love. I love the sense of community of of of, of sports. I love, I'll never forget after 9-11. And, uh. It was probably the Wednesday or Thursday, because 9-11 happened on a Tuesday, I believe. I think it came to yeah, thir- Thursday of that week, and it was like, well, should Friday night football, should we, should we, uh, uh, and it, Friday night football's huge in Texas, state of Texas, in case mm-hmm. everybody doesn't know, yeah. there, there's a movie on it. <laughs> yeah, and a TV show. For and a, a TV yeah. show on it, yes. And I remember being on there with another sportscaster who said, no, they should cancel it all, and I said, absolutely not. You put those games on because if there's ever been a set need for a sense of community, that's what creates it. Right. You know, these games are going to be safe for people to go to. And they held them most, I think, mm-hmm. most of the, And I said, no, football brings in 
a sense of community. People gather together, and you're talking about all the small communities, all the suburbs, all the cities, everybody gathering together on a Friday night. You know, they can pray, they can do, they they can remember, and at the same time, you know, they can still celebrate. You know the what we have here in the United States, mm-hmm. and I'm glad they did. But no, sports is wonderful in bringing people together. And I yeah. hate how the past couple of years it's been focused on tearing people apart, especially based on lies. Right, right. And I don't, you know, I I hesitate to say this closes the book on all that. Oh, no, it doesn't. No, the, no. the attempt will still be there, no. but it definitely closes the book on the verdict. This is who we are as a society. And if you ever needed proof, Look no further than the reaction, love, support, and prayers for tomorrow. And if you look at the players, you know, you and I said the whole thing that happened a couple of years ago, because there's a very short time span for the majority of players in the mm-hmm. NFL. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, you know, you'll still see the, the uh, you know, what's left of it, which is all good. Love, stop racism. Yeah, we all agree, you know, with yeah, that sure. whatsoever. Yeah. But it's not to the level that it was before at all. Right. You know, of of promoting the lies of, of Black Lives Matter and the socialist Marxist philosophy that, ca- hey, anybody talking about Kaepernick uh, right mm-hmm. now? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the socialist Marxist philosophy that Kaepernick was pushing out for the longest time. Right. And and so, no, I think and I, a lot of this is being driven by the players. Oh, yeah. You see, the, yeah. the I mean, it's yeah. the players that are talking uh, about, you know, unity and everybody being together and how wonderful uh, it 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 is, and the concern for human life, wonderful. Yep, absolutely fantastic. So, yeah, it is. But don't be surprised if the left this week you see the article start coming out. Oh no, their their attempt is still going to be there, but a mm-hmm. a uh, a loving, God fearing society has sent a very loud message. Eight six six ninety red eye Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 Red Eye. Sorry, but I burst out laughing when I saw this. Yeah. The, the top five most stunning bombshells from Prince Harry's 60 Minutes interview. Bomb Bombshells? Yeah, okay. All right. Okay, fine. Bombshells. No, I'm not going through them. The only thing no. I the only thing I did see is what from the the uh, the the book that he did drugs and alcohol. <laughs> okay. All right. You know, we as a society claim that we hate the rich elite. Why are we obsessed with them then? So that we can prove that they're bad people <laughs> and we've got good reason to hate them. <laughs> I mean, are they going to have a a Prince Harry channel now? I mean, is it just going to be 24-7? <laughs> Maybe that's what they should do. 
<laughs> the Royal Channel. Yeah. On News Nation, instead of reruns in the afternoon, just put Prince Harry whining about everything on for four hours. Oh, wait a minute. The book hasn't even been released yet. It's not even released till tomorrow. Yeah, well, oh. with, with all the stories that I'm and headlines that I'm skimming past to get to real news, maybe that's what they're missing. <laughs> Looking at this headline, Prince Harry accuses royal family of being complicit in Meghan's pain and suffering. Well, good for them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't okay. Even, I don't even know what the story's about. I just saw the headline. That's a first shot. Oh, good for them. <laughs> Why do we care? Why do we care about meaningless? Why do we care about pretend people? I started thinking about this yesterday. Is that because we live in a pretend world? These pretend people of importance. Uh, well, you know, we... We pretend we can borrow money without consequences, so why not pretend that people, let, let's fake, and these people are royalty. What does that mean? Absolutely nothing. I, now, it would get my attention if Harry's book started with the words, we the people. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm guessing yeah. that it yes. doesn't start that way. Oh, I don't just I, guessing. I don't get it. I just yeah. I don't get what the obsession is. I don't know. And and the media's obsession with it too. McNamara and Eric Harley taking your calls. 1-866-90-RED-EYE. And he is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Welcome. Thanks for being here. You know, I'm, I'm sitting here just reading uh, uh, a, a story here. I just uh, it, Some people may think I'm nitpicking. I don't believe I am. Joseph Epstein, Wall Street Journal, uh, Damar Hamlin and the truly guilty pleasure of watching football. And in it, he says football is a violent, even brutal sport. Football's not a violent sport, not by the definition of what violence is. Hmm. Definition of violence, uh, according to Oxford Dictionary, behavior involving physical force intended to hurt, damage, or kill someone or something. That's not what's going on in the National Football League. You're tackling somebody. It's a contact sport. Mm-hmm. Not a violence sport by the definition of violence. Well, that's that's it. These are the you know the um, the keywords that they want to use in in trying to basically tear it down. Right. Other definitions from other dictionaries: violence is a use of physical force as to injure, abuse, damage, or destroy. That's not that's, what football that doesn't, is. That doesn't fit. Doesn't fit. And and it's just important. If language means something, if words mean something, then we need to use the right words. It's a contact sport. Yeah, it it right. can be a very rough contact sport. But the goal is not to kill someone. It's not to hurt or damage someone. That may result in it, as most contact sports do. You will get injured in some way. That is not the goal. Right. In fact, if that is the goal, and that is found to be the intent, then you are fined heavily. 
and sometimes kicked out of the league. Right. So there are rules and regulations against being a violent sport. Can you still get injured? Yes. Is that the intent? And that's very important. To be a violent sport, the intent would have to be to hurt, damage, or kill. Yeah, the someone. intent built into the regulations of the sport and the yes. and and the game, the spirit of the game itself. It would have to be built into that to say it is a violent sport. Right. But why are those words used? In order to create a, a fear and drive division. And more of an emphasis that it is immoral. Yep. To do so because it's violent. No, it's a contact sport. Right. Yep. And look, I mean, if you're a parent with a young one who's playing football or any sport, you're going to measure the risk. And I get it when parents say, I don't want to take that risk with my child. Okay, that's the decision that they make. Or an old man like me saying, I'm so glad I never had the physical ability at that young age to ever approach elite sports because you get hurt. I want to, people should know this. My sister has horrible back problems. She was an elite gymnast, mm-hmm. horrible black problems, mm-hmm. uh, excuse me, back problems. I say black problems, mm-hmm. <laughs> back problems. Mm-hmm. There was not any type of Freudian slip there. You can't mm-hmm. connect one dot to the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's had terrible back problems her whole life. Mm-hmm. My other sister, terrible foot problems from what? Ballet. Mm-hmm. You get into the elite of anything. And you can make the case that you're doing things that human beings were not supposed to do for any type of length of time. Your years of figure skating. I mean, you've talked about how much (laughs) at times your ankles, you know, it's going to wear. Hockey skating. That was hockey skating. Yeah, and that too. And (laughs) it's going to have its wear and tear. Now, as a... Non-contact, non-athlete. Although I did have my years in, in, uh, in sports, uh, I, you know, um, I have enough pain to deal with. Now, yeah. having said that, I ran five miles a day for many years, and still occasionally will run. I had friends say, "Would you? It's it's shocking you never ran a marathon." Number one. you've never seen how slow I run. And number two, no, I've always felt that that, you know, by the time I got, I've run half marathons. And the recovery for me on a half marathon is just brutal. And in later years, they discovered long distance running and and how it breaks down the skeleton. And I know just for me, I knew that, that I couldn't do that without going through a great deal of pain. Having said that, I have a friend, and she has for about the same period, uh, you know, the better part of 30 years. She has run marathons on a regular basis, and that's great. I mean, she is built for that, and she's not um, feeling that kind of pain that I'm aware of, although we're not very close. I, I, I don't see her demonstrating that on social media, but I'm very grateful that I don't have to deal with 
you know, those types of injuries. But the fact of the matter is, getting back to the point, is that you've got to create division. You've got to create that fear. Look, uh, if athletes want to have a discussion, if leagues want to have a discussion about changing the rules and how they're going to uh, mitigate the damage done to athletes, whether it's at the uh, you know very young age all the way up to professional sports level, then they can have that discussion. That is an ongoing discussion, and we know that because the rules have changed over the years, and so is the equipment. But this this idea of coming out and you know basically trying to uh, break it down, there are some decisions you know that will have to be made in the coming months as a result of Demar's injury, and we'll see where that goes. That conversation. Um, and and all of that goes, you know. First and foremost, uh, Demar needs to heal <clears throat> properly, and and everybody's hoping and praying for that to be one hundred percent to the point that if he wishes to get back to the game, that he can. You know, I'm reading here where he talks about you know that all these players that have have their knees replaced, you know, and yeah. That, yeah. Well, I played, you know, I I was never able to make my actual high school team, but I played. I did play basketball, CYO basketball, which was huge back then, mm-hmm. uh, in, in my high school years. And then I played adult league basketball my whole life. Mm-hmm. I played basketball on the courts outside till I was, and I mean real basketball, not just kidding around, mm-hmm. up and down the court on the concrete till I was 58, 59. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I can't, I can still, I can still play basketball, but it would take me a week to recover. But everybody that I played with, that I had been in contact with when I was in high school, then adult league basketball for like 10 years after that. And then I hadn't played with them in ages. Everyone I know of has had their knees replaced every single one. Mm-hmm. So you get in, it doesn't have to be even the elite sports, but the elite sports you suffer from, which, which don't, which don't you, you know, you look at, uh, look at golfers, mm-hmm. look at Tiger Woods, how many injuries he has had before the accident. Yeah. Oh no! I, I mean, I mean, golf yeah, related. That's that's what right, I mean. Right, yeah, yeah. not not accident related. Right, right. Go, you know, golf related. Mm-hmm. How many of these, uh, you know, golfers have terrible back problems? Mm-hmm. You know, Fred Couples has had well known terrible back problems his entire, you know, his 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 entire life. And you you do anything elite? That's why I brought up my sister was in gymna- elite gymnastics. My other sister who was you know in an elite ballet. Dancer, all had major injuries that have, you know, or injuries that have affected them and caused a lot of pain their entire lives. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of things that people do, uh, you know, because if you if you're gonna, because we already we saw it last week and then it stopped. But we need to ban football. We need to ban hockey. Mm-hmm. And hockey has to go. Well, I mean, if you're you know, talking what, about damage to the body. You would basically, any athletic endeavor, you would have to ban, ultimately. It's like the most dangerous dog theory, you know, where a municipality or an HOA wants to ban a certain breed of dog. Well, they're the most dangerous, the ones that are responsible for the most attacks in this area. All right? Ban that dog. It's gone. Then 
the one that was second most responsible is going to be banned. And then eventually you get down to banning everything. And again, we I think people are smart enough to to measure that for themselves, including parents for their kids, if they want to do that and measure what the damage is. But the fact of the matter is, is that there's plenty of damage to be done. I mean, just aging is, is going to inflict a great deal of damage and pain without being an elite athlete. That's just life. And this idea that we're just going to give up everything because, see, we found something wrong with it. Okay. I'll keep going. You can find something that's going to be damaging in pretty much every corner. And you can have a discussion on the, you know, there have been, you don't, can, there have been many discussions and what to do, you know, concussions and the concussion protocol that now uh, exists. But we do live in a free society. And believe me, those people that play football love the game. Yeah, right. They absolutely love sure. it. They love the game yep. of of, uh, of football and they under, understand the risks. Mm-hmm. Now you can say, yeah, but they're young and when they're older, they may think differently. That's true. Happens all the time. People yep. make choices yep. all the time that they look back later in life and say, no, there have been some football players that said, if I had to do it over again, I wouldn't, but that's not the majority that I've heard interviewed. The majority say, nope, even with everything, I'd still do it again. Freedom of choice. Yep. I will say this, and I've said this for the longest time, when people say athletes are overpaid, no, they're not. Well, you know, um, the question is, what is the average life in terms of uh, earnings potential of the average professional athlete? Well, it's a few years. Yeah. It's a few years. Four years is the average in the NFL. Yeah. Well, it's not long. Right. So, And I know uh, one of my brother's friends was in the NFL for about four years. Yeah. And I would say hopefully has uh, 500 to a million dollars in the bank, maybe. Mm-hmm. If they spent their money. Why? Because you know, you're, right. you're still, yeah. if, you're only, if, it's, if it's four right. years... And you were at the minimum wage salary of six hundred thousand or seven hundred thousand, and then mm-hmm. taxes and then agent and everything else. Right. You don't have a lot after you. Hopefully, you have. I would hope you have a couple hundred thousand that you bank away to use for retirement later on, right. and have another profession. Right. You yeah. Know, lined up. Yeah. Uh, guy, I graduated high school with Marvin Allen, assistant GM right now in uh, Miami. Uh, played with the uh, uh, Patriots. From 88 to 92, running back. I don't know the extent of his injuries. I've never had a conversation with him on that. But from that point on, after 92, he worked for a number of teams over the years, including Buffalo, um, and in the office. And now is assistant GM, has been for a couple of years in Miami, and found, you know, basically that that was his calling, clearly. Mm-hmm. Um but the overwhelming majority of them have a very short earnings potential window. As a, as a player, yes. Yeah, as a very, player. Very, very short. Well, DeMar Hamlin had a three-year, $4 million contract, mm-hmm. and it was reported yesterday they are going to honor the entire thing, mm-hmm. even though when you're on injured reserve, you're, you get paid less. Mm-hmm. He actually is going to get paid his 
they've agreed with the NFL and the NFL Players Association mm. to pay the whole thing. Mm. But, you know, $4 million, I, I didn't know if his contract just began or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you take the taxes out, you take the agent fees out, and hopefully he has enough that, uh, you know, that the NFL Players Association, the NFL pension, if he can't play football again and can't do other work, whatever, right. uh, you know, right. would take care of him. But, you know, that would mean hopefully he has a buffer that he can use for retirement and yeah, right. then right. find out whatever he wants to do in life if he can't play again. And I don't know, because they, they even asked the doctors, can he play again? They go, we're not even there. You right, know, like right, yeah. At yeah. that point. Right. So, yeah. 866-90-RED-EYE. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690-RED-EYE. Uh, Coming up following the top of the hour, vulnerable Senate Democrats for 2024. In fact, who may retire? We'll get to that one. Mm. Headline says inflation has inflation peaked. No, it hasn't peaked. It only peaks when it gets up to that level and then only goes up what it, what the right. Fed claims is the rate they want at right. 2%. Right. The target That target point and we're, we're not, not there, there yet. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Hey, that's part one of our show. Don't miss the rest. Click part two on our website, redeyeradioshow.com or Red Eye Radio phone app to hear the rest of the show. And thanks for listening to Red Eye Radio. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> Those Weekend Golf Guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.